The Evolving Leader is a series that shares insights into the never-ending journey of leadership and entrepreneurship. Join us as Three Pillars CEO David DeWolf talks with peers who have been instrumental in his own leadership journey. Thanks for joining us for episode three of The Evolving Leader. We're happy to be back with Bobby Christian, a man who truly needs no introduction, especially if you listen to our last episode on the stages of growth. In this episode, we'll be picking up where we left off last time around and delving into how leadership challenges change as companies move up the revenue ladder. So Bobby, welcome back. Thank you, Will. Appreciate it. It's good to be back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, so David, I want to ask, tell us about a time early in Three Pillars history where Bobby helped you really overcome you know, a, a key challenge. Well, you know, I, I think probably the first story that comes to mind is one of the core reasons we started working more closely together. We told the story last time about how we met and, yeah. and we kind of skipped over the inflection point. Um, our very first client, a client called Service Bench, um, ended up going through an acquisition. And after they were acquired, the company that acquired them was acquired like a month later. And so we survived the first acquisition, but the second one we received notice that our contract was gonna be terminated. And I had 30 days when I realized, oh my goodness, I've got six people working for me and over 50% of our revenue was going to evaporate overnight and couldn't make payroll if we didn't solve that problem. That's when I picked up the bat phone, <laughs> and I was very grateful um, for the relationship I had formed with Bobby because honestly, till that point, I had never sold anything in my life, right? I had been an engineer. People had bought things from me um, because I had done great work, and I'd been referred places, but I'd never gone out and purposefully sold anything. And that was one of the phases of leadership that I had to go through was really learning to exercise skills and leadership over areas I didn't have a background in. And so the bat call to uh, Bobby was help me out, teach me how to sell. And if you know Bobby, like there's nobody better in the world to teach you how to sell. Uh, maybe not teach you, but show you how to do it. Uh, he, he's yeah. so natural and unconsciously competent at it. It's, it's unbelievable. And, and that's where the journey really started to take off was as you came in and really showed me what it meant to go position a company and purposely sell and scale. Yeah, I, I will say to this day, I've never sold anything. Uh, <laughs> literally, I say, you know, my mom taught me you have two ears and one mouth, and if you use that ratio in life, you'll be very successful. So selling became something that was actually innate and David, because it's about listening, understanding, solving someone's problem, and then making it easy to buy. Because remember, when you say you sell something, um, selling sometimes has a negative connotation if you reverse that and you say, hey, we're going to go out and we're going to demonstrate that we have value. And then if there's a fit, we're going to make it easy to buy. But it, it, it was funny, though, the first meeting that we ever had, because the call came in as, hey, we're going to lose 50 percent of our revenue. This client's going to go in now. And you say you've never sold anything, but you sold yourself like you mm -hmm. delivered such good work product that they wanted to buy more from you. Right. That's mm -hmm. truly selling. Right. Mm -hmm. Based on the performance. But. I remember being in the office and we got the whiteboard out and I'm like, okay, this is an account. <laughs> this is a contact. This is an opportunity. Uh, are we talking Salesforce terminology talking, or? Yeah, like, like, just conceptually, man. <laughs> okay. Like, okay, let's just get the terminology down. And I swear to you, it was like David was like a third grade student. <laughs> just to get the basics down. And then. And then it just accelerated. And then talk about uh, fish to water. I mean, it, it's just, it was such a natural thing for you. You're like, oh, so we're not actually selling anything. We're actually just solving people's problems. And somebody that has a technical background 
is usually uncomfortable selling, but if you do it in that context, um, yeah. and and it and it just it was just momentum just picked up because you just naturally wanted to solve people's problems. Well, that, I think you spoke into and and allowed me to see my natural gifts and talents how they applied to that situation, right? Absolutely. So I think the crux of sales is really curiosity, asking a ton of questions, sincere desire to help. Totally, and you yeah. taught me that. That was powerful, yeah. um, and then being able to just share wisdom and your lessons learned and how do you take the things you've learned through experience and speak into as you discover more some of these things. And that led to an unbelievable 30 days where um, literally we came within six hours of missing payroll. Um, but guess what? Six hours before we signed a contract. Advance. They paid in advance. And, and we got it. We, we got it. Pay we did. <laughs> we did. And, you ever did, you, did you do any selling in that case? <laughs> Ah, I listened harder. <laughs> <laughs> that that was just a negotiation. I'm like, listen, we'll give you a 10% discount if you pay in advance. Cool as a cucumber, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, that sounds pretty good. Sweet. We did the closed deal shuffle after that. We did. We did. And, and that, I mean, that was the scariest that ever got. Like, yeah. that was nerve wracking. But we made it through. And it also taught me the power of goals. Like, having a deadline, having a goal driving towards it. I don't think it was an accident that that was six hours before, right? That yeah, no, we were we, we, we pulled some late nights and weekends yeah. to get that done. Yeah, so. we had one other instance, gosh, two or three years later. Um, but at this point in time, we had a couple hundred employees. Yeah, where there was another bat phone call this time to an investor um, who was already on board, angel investor, but we were coming up on payroll and needed a little extra cash to get through some bumpy waters with just cash flow issues. But that was the one <laughs> that I say my true entrepreneurial experience. You talk about working out of a garage and, you know, being on the credit card and that type of thing. That was it. Right. Yeah. And, they, and that, that's often said that most startup companies or smaller companies don't fail because um, because it's not a good idea or they don't do something. It's usually cash flow. Yeah. Um, because you get in a little you get a little over your skis and you, you're growing a little too fast. And, you know, things are going to happen. You're going to lose a customer. You're going to some things. So cash flow management, cash flow planning um, is critical, especially especially at the phase that you are now um, more comfortable because you've got the right investors at the table but in that five to 25 um, range that's tough yeah you know, like a lot of a lot of ups and downs well and, and i remember actually my very first we talked last episode about ed johnson one of our other early board members before he was a board member i remember calling him when i decided hey we're going to build a business we're not just going to write code and um that was his first lesson to me was cash flow because yeah. um, I remember asking him about strategy and like margin, and I'm like, you don't care about margin, you care about cash flow. Just make payroll, <laughs> right? Yeah. Just survive is that early lesson. Um, but it gets more and more complex as you go, right? Yeah. You start doing different things, investing in new ways, taking on debt. De you know, all of these different things really matter. Um, and so the basics, the fundamentals, how to sell, yes, how to manage cash flow. Yeah. How to lead people, right? Like some of those, you talked about it last time, the principles that at every single level, they just get more complex. They're not different. Yeah. And remember, companies only do three things. Sell, <laughs> deliver the product and whatever and support. <laughs> those three things. That's all you have to do, right? Bobby was there. <laughs> so let me, I want to go back to the, to the email that you wrote and, yeah. and reference one of the you know, higher revenue phases, the highest one that you said you would, you would be you know, fit to, to speak on, Bobby. 50 million to 200 million is about blocking, tackling, scaling, and building teams to collaborate or not kill each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, How do you orchestrate that? 
I'll, I'll say that uh, it gets really difficult because um, you go from, you know, when you're in the early phases, you're hiring people that you know. Um, mm -hmm. It's like one degree, six degrees of separation, and it's referrals. And, and then all of a sudden you get to a point where now you have to recruit from a pool of people that you don't know. Um, and so they come into the organization, and that sort of creates a new culture. You usually have three different cultures at any given time at, a, at an organization. You have the originals, the OGs. Yep. You have the growth phase, people that really took it on their back to get it to that, to that phase that we're talking about right now. And then you've got the new ones that are coming in that are m probably more mature, probably have better experience, and they've been around, you know, and they've done different types of things. And so you have three different cultures that you're managing, right? And that's when I say it's hard because they, they, those cultures really clash. And how do you take that horizontal box, keep the mission, going forward and and it's used the the there's usually a lot of um, push and pull there and so that is just again a, a really good leader sets the example by saying like hey we always have the lens of doing what's best for the company our employees and our shareholders how, however you're going to order that and if there's ever dissension among the ranks you mm -hmm. just keep pushing them back to saying this is our mission focus on the company rather than yep. your personal don't say i and my and just focus on the company's mission yeah there, there's a couple components of that that I think are really important. The first one is you talked about the old guard and the new guard coming in. Yeah. I have found that that, especially on your leadership team, mm. Tough. bringing in new talent is so critical. So first of all, hiring for fit. And by fit, I don't mean people that are just like us. I actually mean people that complement us. Talk about more of that later, but also that share those same ideals, those same values, right? There has to be both sides of that and then purposefully integrating them into the business. Some of our hardest transitions have been leaders that come in that exactly right what you said, they are more seasoned, they have seen, they're more professional management yeah. and they look and they're like, what do you got? What the heck is this? <laughs> What's right? going on in there? <laughs> what these individuals forget is that we started at nothing. Mm. Like we look back at everything we've built has been from scratch. And so, yeah, we don't have that whiz bang process yet, but my God, do you realize the 27 that we've built and they don't have that perspective. So being really, really intentional about that transition and both sitting down with your new executive and saying, hey, realize we've come from nothing and the people that have built it are really proud and they have a lot of institutional knowledge that matters. Respect where you're starting from. Yeah. But then to the old guard and saying, listen, we're bringing this in to take it to the next level. Be open to the new ideas. Yeah. That's exactly right. And, and take advantage of it and to get both sides to appreciate and respect the other really, really matters. And I think the best thing you can do as a leader, you said the example, you've got to be the one, right? As the entrepreneur CEO, it's, hey, I've been here for all the decisions we made that are now being called stupid. Yeah. If I can admit we need to change and take it to the next level, yeah. you can too, right? And the, and the reality is you go through these phases, you have to break old processes and reestablish brand new ones. It's not that that original decision was always a horrible decision. Sometimes it was a bad decision. Sometimes it's just scale requires different. Yeah, I will tell you just to finish out this topic there, I think there's a book, I think the title is What Got You Here Isn't Gonna Get You There, yeah. something to that effect. And um, as a leader, acknowledging that what you're doing right now is not gonna get you to that next phase of growth. And then when you bring someone and they tell you that this is fundamentally wrong, um, again, it takes a strong leader to look at that and, and listen. Um, two years in one mouth, thanks mom. Um, <laughs> and, 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 then, and then change it, then you have to actually change it. So while you're doing that change, um, you know, there, it, it is probably one of the hardest things to do 
is to have those two groups or those three groups work together effectively. Um, and, and there's no playbook for that. It's different in every situation in every company and in every cultural fit. And the one thing that I'll tell you is that people, again, will transition out. And that was hard for me hmm. to lose people that I had started. You know, we were the originals. And so a lot of times those original groups are, they feel like they're entitled and they should have certain positions or certain things. And that just doesn't happen. So some of them transition out and the key, and I'll tell you something that you always did was everybody maintains their dignity coming in, working here and going out, right. creating an alumni association for every single person that does transition out, treat them like gold on the way out and maintain the personal relationship. And I've tr just always tried to do that, you know, over the years. So, and you, you have as well. Yeah, yeah, that that human dignity is so important. Um, also, I, I remember the first time I had a resignation, I called you, yeah. and uh, I remember you telling me, number one, this is normal, get used to it, right? People <laughs> are going to leave; they're not going to yeah. stay with you forever. Um, but well number two, <laughs> the 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 lesson I learned was, what does this make possible? Right? It's easy to get stuck in the departure, right? And uh, the resignation, oh, it feels like a loss, especially early on when yeah. these are your friends, and yeah. you know, feel like people have been you know through battle with you, but there's oftentimes that departures give you an opportunity to think differently, to challenge the status quo, to bring somebody in at the next level, maybe not better experience, maybe just different experience from what you need at that scale. And I think that early lesson, I, I think it was Mark Kellogg who departed first, yeah. the first resignation. Talented, he was a talented individual too. And, and uh, you, have, you have to think of it as an alumni. Yep. not as a departure and literally create a newsletter. Yeah. This this is my alumni group, put a leader in charge of that group, and then there's still an attachment there. I still have people from the first company that I started. I think there are probably 25 to 50 presidents <laughs> and CEO, CEOs of, of, from that original company. Yeah. And it, it really is an alumni association. It's something that you went through that you want to um, remember. So, And how do you celebrate those, right? It's yeah. so easy to get down, but... To, to have CEOs um, that have been alumni. Amazing. Like, Amazing, yeah. To create leaders is the job of a leader. Yeah, I mean, look, if I look back on that's probably the biggest thing that, I, that excites me um, when I get a phone call from someone that I worked with during the four years of building a company, and they're like, yeah, I'm running my own company now. Just yep. want to pick your brain. Yep. It's kind of starting all over again, but at much smaller, you know, just increments. But, um, yep. yeah, that's, that's the dream. That's living the dream is when someone actually makes it from where you were to now they're doing – and doing a better job of it. <laughs> <laughs> <I> salute you. <laughs> so, Bobby, let me ask you a question. You know, a, a big part of what we're doing today is sharing stories and showing uh, is sharing stories. So, I want to share a quick story with you. Yeah, I mentioned earlier that uh, that the company I worked for was acquired by Three Pillar, and so I remember kind of in the early days we were trying to figure out who was who and what was what, and we went to a lunch at P.F. Chang's. It would have been you and me and probably Larry Rowe and Elizabeth Martin and Keanu Lewis, who was on on uh, the the Point About team with me. Oh, the memories. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and you know, I, I would say I wasn't easily snowed. You know, I had I had lived in. Uh, in New York, worked in book publishing. I, I, I had represented an NBA player for for uh, to, to get his book sold to a publishing house. But I remember meeting you, and I honestly think you might have been wearing that jacket. <laughs> <laughs> this is my, a very Bobby Christian My wife will tell you that I still have – I need to refresh my wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> but you were – you know, we were going around the table, and we were and we were sharing our stories. And at that time, I was, yeah, like kind of a low-level marketing guy. And uh, and so I gave my spiel and was feeling about two feet tall. And, you know, we got around the table, and, and you talked. And 
Like, oh yeah, you know, I spent eight years at Accenture and then I started a company called True North Solutions and we built it up to 50 million and we just sold it to uh, American Systems and, you know, now I'm here helping David, you know, do the same thing at Three Pillar. And I remember thinking, man, this guy is smooth and he's got it all figured out. <laughs> so you're still smooth, but did, did, did you have it all figured out? <laughs> no. It's so funny because, like, if you knew what was going through my head, like, man, are we going to make payroll next week? <laughs> <laughs> on the outside of me, it looks smooth. But um, uh, I did not have it figured out. In fact, um, you know, I, I, I felt like if I was the CEO and I was driving it and I was doing it, I could do that because I had control over it. Um, but in the role, and I purposely, it was, we, we agreed. Like, I, I actually want to serve someone else and, and, and help someone else and mentor someone else. And so um, not only did I not have it figured out from my own experience, because it was just new to me, right? I never, we never got above 100 million um, with that company. And I knew this was going to be a lot bigger than that, especially with the way things were going, you know? So I, not only did I not have it figured out, but like <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't do an acquisition ever. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, here's this new company. And you guys were, that company was a hot company and like sexy uh, in terms of like what you guys delivered and everything, you know? So I'm like, I'm going to go over there and these guys are going to throw me out on my ear. (laughs) So you may, it may have looked good on the outside, but on the inside, I was like, oh man, I hope I don't mess this up because it's important acquisition for for the company. So that's what was really going on. (laughs) I've got, I've got a smooth, smooth story uh, for Bobby because you know, everybody says that about Bobby. Bobby's the only person I've ever met in my life that can literally show up late for a meeting by 45 minutes. And within two minutes of being there, everybody loves him anyway. <laughs> right? Like, it's unbelievable. I, I can't imagine it. Um, but it is because of that humility that he just said. You know, he does have so much figured out. But he also, I guarantee you, in that conversation made you feel comfortable and like you are a person. And, and that is what I really honor and respect about Bobby is that regardless of all of his success, I really felt like we were teammates, even though when I first met him, I felt like he was 10 orders magnitude of a greater leader than I was. And he humbled himself. He came and he wanted to serve. He turned down the CEO job. And I've heard often since then, the best leaders are great followers. Mm. And I think Bobby, in that phase of his life, really put his money where his mouth was there. And he said, I want to learn to be an awesome follower, and I want to learn to lead better by doing that. And I I think it's made you an incredible follower where you don't have to rely on being smooth anymore. It's the authenticity. (laughs) You have to dig into this definition of smooth now. (laughs) (laughs) I will just real, I don't know how we're doing here on time, but I will write back at you um, after meeting Will. Um, one of the gifts that I do have, it's a, God, it's a God-given gift, is discernment of people. It is. And I can go into a room and meet someone for less than a couple of minutes, and I remember coming back and saying, there's some special people over there, and, and you were on that list, uh, short list of people. So I remember it well. Yeah. He was on that short list, and he yeah. said, also undervalued and underutilized. Uh, undervalued, underutilized, and underpaid. Let's take care I, of this guy. I, I, yeah, no, literally. That, that was exactly what you said. And, yeah. here, we, and here we are 10, 10 years later. It's just, it's an incredible blessing and a journey, you know, so yeah. so that right back at you, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's, yeah. it's great to have you here and it's great to be with you and, and I'm and I'm eternally grateful. But so let's, let me shift gears and let's hear, you know, where the journey has taken you. Tell us about Deepwatch yeah. um, and the, uh, the company and where, where you guys are going. Yeah, DeepWatch is a managed detection and response company. We have a great mission. I mean, we're, we secure um, the, the enterprise for major corporations. Um, and with the threat landscape the way it is right now, and everybody's aware of what's going on with Russia and Ukraine, um, it's crazy, right? And so 
a lot of investment for corporations are going into this part of the business. They're part of their business. And so I love the mission. Um, we, we were a spin out from GuidePoint Security. It was a line of business that was created there. It was spun out. Charlie Thomas is the, the CEO. We raised capital with ABS Capital and kind of off to the races. It was a much more of an accelerated plan. And then Goldman Sachs at our Series B, um, 53 million. So we've raised 76 million. We've gone from zero to 450 people, approaching 500 people now in a relatively short period of time. So it's kind of going through, breaking through all of those phases that I mentioned in that email that we talked about um, at supersonic speed. Right? Mm. So, um, and I've been in, with the company three years now. So I, I think when I joined, we were probably under 100 people maybe. So you can imagine the last three years of my life have been crazy. So it's been great because it's what you said. Imagine accelerating through everything that we did over maybe five, seven years, but doing it in a couple of years right. um, because of the growth objectives of the company and the market opportunity. So it's been wild. Yeah. Well, I know they're fortunate to have you uh, and we're fortunate to have you. So thanks again for, for being with us today. Absolutely. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Good to see you again, David. I've enjoyed oh, it. This yeah. has been fun. Thank you guys very much. Yeah. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of The Evolving Leader. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star rating, a glowing review, and a share on whichever social media networks you call home. For more on the podcast and to view video of each episode, please visit daviddewolf.com slash podcast.